Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Michael, are you ready? I am so ready. Excellent. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. Michael Bungay Stanier is the number one thought leader on coaching. He is the author of The Coaching Habit in his new book, The Advice Trap. He's a top-rated leadership keynote speaker. He's the founder of Box of Crayons as well as MBS.Works. I'm excited to have you on. Michael, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So I live in Toronto, Canada, but I'm Australian by birth and left Australia some 30 years ago, kind of by accident. I was uh, I had the good luck, good fortune to win a road scholarship that saved me from becoming a lawyer because, you know, <laughs> I did a law degree and it was not going well, but I got the scholarship, took me to Oxford, and not only did I not become a lawyer, but I met my wife there, who is Canadian. So after a certain amount of perambulation in London and in Boston, ended up in Toronto, where even though I dislike the weather, I do love the city and I do love the work that I do here. And my work is primarily around helping people be curious and stay curious a little bit longer because as much as everybody gets the power of curiosity in their brain, in practice, we're not that good at it. And so I'm a big champion for let me show you how you can stay curious just a little bit longer. When you say just a little bit longer, I mean, is that just because we get tired of learning or we just get set in our ways? Maybe it's a little bit all those things. Yeah, it's a little bit of all those things. I mean, the metaphor I'm running with these days is like the problem is you've got an advice monster inside. And you know what? As soon as somebody starts talking, your advice monster looms up out of the dark and goes, <laughs> oh, no. Hey, my job is to add some value to this conversation. <laughs> and even though I don't know who you are, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know who the people are involved that you're talking about, and I don't know the context, and I don't know the specific technical challenges, nonetheless, after about 10 seconds in the conversation, you've got these ideas that show up in your head. And we've spent our lifetime being encouraged and rewarded for having ideas and giving good advice. And there is obviously a place for advice. I mean, civilization runs on advice. And the problem is not with advice, but when your default response is to leap in and give advice. And that's the shift I'm trying to make. Got it. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I think that we're <laughs> certainly all guilty of that. You know, I'm, we are. You know, people want to It's help. a very human thing. Yeah. yeah. They want to fix problems. They want to be heard. It's all those things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not necessarily bad, but, but when, when does that become a bad thing? And, 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 and how does it manifest? So one of the things I talk about in the new book, The Advice Trap, is to say, look, you've got this advice monster. And it's really not just an advice monster. There's actually three different personas. And the folks listening in, you'll, you'll hear one of these at least that rings true for you. One of them is tell it. 
Talat says, look, the only way you add value to any conversation is by having the answer. You've got to have the answers. If you don't have the answers or the answers to everything, you're going to fail. Then there is Save It. Save It says, look, your job is to rescue everybody. Don't let anybody stumble. Don't let anybody struggle. Don't make it hard for anybody. If anybody sweats even a little bit, if anybody finds it difficult, then they fail and you fail. And then the third of the advice monster is control it. And control it says, look, the way you win is you maintain control at all times. Don't give up control. Don't hand over control. Don't invite any, others in to have control. Keep your hands on the rein and don't give them up or else chaos will happen and you will fail. And you can see that with each one of those advice monsters, there's some benefit, some short-term benefit, right? Tell it. You're like, look, I'm the smart person. I have the answers. I add value. I'm clever. People come to me and make me feel good. You know, save it. Look, I'm a hero. I keep people safe. People love me because I keep protecting them. Control it. It's like, oh, I, I, I stave off chaos. You know, I'm, I'm the guardian. I'm the one who makes sure that we get from A to B just the way I want to. But equally, for each one of those three advice monsters, there is a prize, you, a punishment. There's to, there may be prizes, but there's a price you pay. You know, with talent, you're like, I've got the impossible responsibility of needing to know everything. Plus, I stifle innovation. Plus, I disempower others and discourage them from actually stepping forward and being more competent and more creative and more autonomous. You know, save it. You're like, it's impossible to protect everybody. If you're a parent, you know this. And you're stopping people from learning, from finding their own edge, from growing. And it is exhausting trying to spend your whole life saving other people rather than actually doing your own stuff. And then with control it, you, the price you pay is you're like, first of all, you can't control everything. I mean, you know, we're just experiencing with the sure. coronavirus and just how chaotic everything is. And it's delusional to think that you can control everything. But even if you think you do, you, you disempower others, you don't share power, you don't share responsibility, you hold that high status piece. And that is a price that you pay and it's a price your organization pays and it's a price that the pe people around you pay. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And I could certainly see probably a little bit, maybe sometimes a lot of each one of those in, in myself. Do you, uh, do you, do you, do you have a sense of, of what your default is? Well, I know what it is for me. For me, the one that is, shows up most often is actually control it. Mm -hmm. But if other people are interested, um, on the website, theadvicetrap.com, there's actually a questionnaire. Hmm. So it's, it's 20 questions or 21 questions, so maybe five minutes at the outside. And if you're interested to know which of those three advice monsters really is your driving force, then you'll find out and we'll give you some tips on how to tame it as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's there's certainly value there. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to jump on there. I think I'm probably <laughs> more of a controller. Yeah. Because I don't feel like I need to have the answer all the time, but... Mm -hmm. I guess I should ask people close to me. <laughs> anyway, well, it, so that's right. Yeah, is this is this something that 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 is 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 getting worse through? I don't want to call it a breakdown in interpersonal communication, but is, is it getting worse or is it getting better? Is it been static? I don't know. You know, I think um, there's this paradox in life that um, we are wired at a very fundamental level. I mean, kind of at a lizard brain level, right? Right in that kind of amygdala in the back of our head there to go, look, the brain loves certainty. It just does. It's like, it just feels safer. 
and more comfortable and less threatened with with certainty around it. And even if that certainty is misguided, it's still a preference. It's one of the reasons we love experts on TV. You know, you hear an expert coming and go, let me be clear. Let me be absolutely clear. This is the answer. <laughs> and even though there's great research that says pretty much the more certain the expert is, the less likely they are to be right. Nonetheless, we gravitate towards those experts because it makes our brain feel safe and it makes us feel good. So what we're doing here in terms of taming our advice monster is actually trying to develop that prefrontal cortex, that different way where we're behaving from choice rather than being just reactive in a very kind of primitive way of behaving. Got it. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And and certainly I, I, I totally agree that that we are drawn to that strong man or the strong woman who's an expert, who's, who can make us feel okay, who's going to tell us that everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but that, 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 that's certainly not necessarily serving us. So I, I, I go on and I, I take the assessment and it tells me that I am probably more prone to be a controller or a save it or, or, or a tell mm-hmm. it. Tell it, yeah. So now, now that I'm <laughs> now, aware of this. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's the cure to the advice monster? Well, honestly, curiosity is such a big part of that. So if you're going to like, you know, hashtag stay curious longer, that's the, that's the overall strategy. But it's a fair question to go, but yeah, Michael, give me tactics. Can I? I get that in theory, but in practice, how do I do that? Well, start small because you're not going to change your personality or your way of working completely and overnight. You want to start building this up step by step. And I go, look, pick a question and work it. It's like picking up the five-pound dumbbell in the gym because you've got to start small, but you start small and you build up the muscle. So my encouragement to people listening in is go, so start building a coaching habit. Now, this isn't turning you into a coach. I know some of the people listening in are coaches, and that's great. But for lots of people listening in, they're like, I don't want to be a coach. I just want to actually have better relationships with people and be more effective as a leader and more effective as a human being. I'm like, great. I want to show you how to be more coach-like. And being more coach-like is actually asking better questions. And in the Coaching Habit book, the one that came out four years ago, uh, there are seven questions. Like, hey, look, seven good questions will take you a long way down the path to be more effective. So how about this? Why don't I give you three of the seven questions? And you can just pick one and go, this is the one that I'm going to work on in practice. Yeah, great. The starting point might be what I would call the best coaching question in the world, which is simply this, and what else? Hmm. And what else? I know it doesn't sound like the best coaching question in the world, but it has this deep, profound insight that the first answer somebody gives you is never their only answer, and it's rarely their best answer. So when you ask and what else, you actually find a way of going deeper, getting more out of the conversation, whilst also taming your advice monster. But if you don't like and what else, and that's fair enough, you know, everybody <laughs> to each to their own, sure. let me give you a great way to start a conversation. And the best way to start a conversation is to ask, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? It's the kickstart question. And part of its power lies in the fact that you're not setting the agenda. You're not telling them what the conversation's about. You're saying to them, hey, 
you choose. You tell me what you'd like to talk about and what would be most useful here for you. But don't tell me anything. Don't tell me everything. Don't give me a report out on every minutiae thing that ever happened. Tell me what you're excited about or you're worried about or you're anxious about. Go there with that conversation. I think that those are both very powerful. But if you don't like either of those two, and you're like, Michael, okay, <laughs> give me third, third time lucky. Give me something that I could use. I don't like anyone else and I don't like what's on your mind. I'm like, okay. Let me give you the question that you can use at the end of any conversation. It's the learning question. Because if you're a human being and a leader and a manager and you're looking to influence people, part of what you can do is to teach people. And to teach people, you have to understand how people learn. And people learn when they have a moment to reflect on what just happened. So the learning question is, what was most useful or most valuable here for you? What was most useful or most valuable here for you? And when you ask that question, two things happen. First of all, that person extracts the value from the conversation that they would have otherwise missed. So, you know, as, as you're listening to George and me talk, one of the things that you might ask yourself at the end of this is, what was most useful here for you? And who knows what it could be? It could be the rigorous introduction from George. It could be this conversation. It could be about something else that I've shared. But it forces you to go through everything you heard and go, oh, I'm picking this. And the other benefit of asking that question is as the asker, you then get feedback on what you've done that's actually struck a chord with people. So you get both of these things. So there you go. Three good questions. Pick one of them. Start practicing. Yeah. Try it out. The value of a question, I think, is so immense. Um just it's 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 a tool and then yes you start lifting the five pound weight and soon you're up to a 10 pound and then 20 pound exactly. as, and as, then as, before you know it you'll be as buff as george that's right and, that's and who right. doesn't want that no we, we we should all be so lucky for sure <laughs> so what 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 do we stand to gain as as we get better at this as as we get stronger as we get buff like me yeah so that's a that's a profound question george and here's why because what I'm putting the challenge out to people to do is to change their behavior. And it is really hard to change your behavior. You're pretty comfortable in the way that you show up and you act right now. It's, you've been rewarded for it for years. That's why you do it. That's what a habit is. You know, a brain going, hey, keep doing that because it's <laughs> worth it. So to decide to change your behavior is a tricky, difficult thing. And there's got to be something in it for you. You can't just do it because it's good for the other person. It's got, you've got to benefit. And I would say this. There's two outcomes I think you, you might benefit from. The first is simply by asking questions, by being curious, you have the opportunity if you lead a team to actually show up and say you get to work a little less hard but to have more impact in the work that you do. So by asking questions, by staying curious, you're more likely to figure out what the real thing is to do, and you're more likely to empower the other person so they feel they can do it themselves. So you've got the right people working on the right things, and of course you and everybody wins from that. Here's the other thing that starts emerging if you show up just more curious in life, three attributes. You have more empathy, you have more humility, and you have more mindfulness. And, you know, those are those three are all big, loaded words, but let me tell you the value in the three of them. If you have more empathy, 
you know more about the other person. You're more connected to who that person is in front of you and who you're working with and who's in your life. And that's helpful. If you have more mindfulness, you're more aware of what's, what reality is. You're actually kind of seeing the world for what it is. And when you see the world with the nuances for what's going on, that's helpful. And more humility means you know yourself better. You actually get a better reading on who you are and how you're showing up and what your strengths and what your weaknesses might be. And having a more nuanced understanding of who you are is helpful. So when you have more humility and more empathy and more mindfulness, you get to see yourself and the world and the other person through in a, in a richer, more understanding way. And when you have that deeper understanding, you're actually more likely to make smarter choices and make better moves. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. Amen. Very wise. You should trademark that. <laughs> I totally should. I totally should. I, I think that I, I certainly – uh, I, I certainly agree wholeheartedly that uh, that making these what sound like small adjustments to the way that we're communicating with one another will have a profound effect and mm-hmm. and, and 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 love that that you're encouraging people just to start small because these are it's 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 a skill it's changing the way that you converse and have conversations so yeah I mean honestly this stuff is simple and difficult they're both mm. true sounds easy does hard yes mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it i love it michael perfect well savage nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them well you can guess where i'm going with this <laughs> i think if you if i could give you one tip it would be to say start really small start by noticing your advice monster because as soon as you start noticing your advice monster and you notice how pervasive it is and how desperate you are to leap in and give answers and <laughs> solutions and advice and opinions, you start saying, oh, maybe this isn't always the best way to respond. Once you start noticing your advice monster, you start being hungry to be curious a little bit longer. I love it. I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of the book? Sure. So I would go to theadvicetrap.com because there you'll get the, the questionnaire. You'll get some information about the book. There's a, there's a bunch of other resources as well. And if you want a more general place to look, mbs.works. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Michael your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to theadvicetrap.com, take the uh, take the questionnaire and find out where it is that you maybe could use a little bit of help. Uh, exactly. Get a copy of the book, exactly. and I can also attest that Michael is very active on on LinkedIn and posts a ton of great content. So I'm sure that uh, he'd love to connect with you there as well. Thank you again, Thank you. Michael. George, it's a real pleasure. Thanks, man. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.